In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Good morning, my name is Father Ben. I am one of the rectors here at the table. And on this third Sunday of Advent, uh, the lectionary that we've been in, this women's lectionary, has given us family stuff. Two genealogies, yeah, well, yeah. Two genealogies, the genealogy of David and Jesus, and then reflections on being adopted as children of God from Paul's epistle to the Galatians. And that basically encapsulates our good news for today. In a nutshell, it's in Jesus that God enters the human family and enables us then to live as God's family. God makes a home in us so that we can make our home in God. God takes into himself all that is human so that we can participate in divinity. God is meeting us this Advent in the middle of our mess to work salvation and instill hope. Genealogies are often skipped in both liturgical and, Bible, and personal Bible reading because, well, they're kind of boring, right? Anybody space out just a little bit during the gospel reading today? Matt? Yeah. Matt did. He was totally unconscious for the whole thing. What's the point, you know, of tracking these obscure names, this long history? What does it have to do with us, we oftentimes think? But of course, you know, people have been interested in genealogy, other kinds of genealogies, for a whole host of reasons. Some have used, of course, historically, genealogy in the service of domination and control. They've tried to use ancestry as a way to divide people into hierarchies based on race and class in order to justify oppression. Others want to research their ancestry in order to get a, maybe a stronger sense of identity. Who am I? Where, where did I come from? Who are my people? I realized a few years ago um, that I really didn't know much about my ancestry, kind of where they were from, why they originally came to America. Um, and part of the reason was because I had just sort of thought of myself as white, you know, as if we sprung out of the earth here in America. We didn't, you know. We didn't. And so, uh, you know, but that's, that's kind of the, the conceit, right, of, of whiteness. It sort of means I'm normal. I'm from nowhere. Which, of course, is not true. But the racial categories of whiteness have kind of papered over, for a lot of us, the fact that we have an ethnic background. We come from somewhere. We're here for a reason. And so for those of us considered white, researching our ancestry can actually be a powerful way of resisting the principalities and the powers of racism, to embrace an identity that's not connected to racial categories that were used to justify oppression. Genealogies and ancestry are also interesting and important because of what we're learning now about something called transgenerational trauma. You guys ever heard of this? Transgenerational trauma, something Resma Monachem talks about in his remarkable book, My Grandmother's Hands. Historic traumas passed down through memory, through stories, through habits, but also even in our DNA, that trauma gets passed down generation to generation in a way that we don't have much control over at all. 
and it affects generations of people who did not directly experience those traumas. There's a whole host of mental and physical health problems that we inherit from the suffering of our ancestors. Descendants of the Jewish Holocaust, for example, uh, Jewish Holocaust survivors, African Americans forced into slavery, the Native American genocide, um, the experience of refugees, um, and, and things like domestic abuse. These can all be transmitted generation by generation. All this to say, as much as we like to think that we make our own destinies, we inherit a lot. Tragedies, unprocessed traumas from our ancestors, even before we're born. The DNA that we have dictates the shape our bodies take and the ways our bodies break as we age. We've inherited a world system shaped by the satanic doctrine of white supremacy and patriarchy. It's in our culture. It's in our institutional structures. It's in our habits, our assumptions, and yes, our DNA. It's in there. For better or for worse, we are tied to the experiences of our ancestors. And the genealogy here of Jesus that we read in Matthew's gospel is no different. It's filled with this mixture of surprising faithfulness, but also disappointing unfaithfulness, sin, unprocessed trauma. I don't know if you've ever been around like a family that's dysfunctional in ways that yours isn't. And you think, my goodness, I wouldn't want to touch that with a 10-foot pole. I would think God would be like that, looking at this genealogy, looking at this history, to say, gee, no thanks. <laughs> or if, I'm, if I am going to save these people, I'm going to do it from afar. I'm going to send something to sort of zap their sin and do it that way. <laughs> but we don't have a God like that. Instead, we have this God who dives right into it. A God who becomes part of it. Friends, in Christ, God draws near to our broken family systems, our traumatized genealogies, our shameful histories, and saves us by identifying with us fully, becoming a child of humanity, born of a woman, so that we can become children of God, born of the Spirit, inheriting every good promise from our good Father. Beloved, creation is now God's home. Our bodies, our relationships, our ancestry, our cultures, our past and our future in this moment, right now. God is meeting us this Advent, right in the middle of our mess, to work salvation and instill an unshakable hope in final redemption. The genealogy of Matthew, there's a lot we could say about it. We talked about it in Sunday school. But it also gives us clues as to how God works in the world to save and redeem us. It shows us God works on the margins, on the edges, away from where we tend to place significance and importance and power. The Gospel of Matthew was written to a tiny group of disciples in the city of Antioch in Syria. Under the thumb of Rome's oppressive rule sometime after the destruction of the Jewish temple in 70 A.D., And Matthew starts his gospel, his letter to this tiny little community with this genealogy. And what he's doing here, part of what he's doing, is retelling the story of human history. 
Because they're under the thumb of Rome who said, you know who writes human history? It's us. It's the emperor doing the bidding of the gods. This is where history happens. And Matthew's writing to this little community under this oppressive story. And he says, actually, I'll tell you where history happens. God is actually sovereign over history. And the way that God works is not through the Roman gods and the Roman heroes, but through a nobody, a wanderer named Abraham. God intends blessing and life for all, not just the privileged and the powerful, which was the message of the Roman Empire. And so God works in the world through the ordinary, through the lowly, through the outcasts, through nobodies. And we see this especially in the inclusion of five women in this genealogy. All of them represent very subversive situations. They represent marginalized people on the outside of the prevailing patriarchal norms and structures, socially, economically, and culturally powerless, yet they all exhibit faith by which God's purposes go forward in the world, often in contrast to the males in those stories who neglected their responsibilities and did not act in faith. Through these women, God breaks open the patriarchal norms and works on the margins. The edges that we assumed were God-forsaken and cursed are actually crucial to how God works in the world. And of course, ultimately, Matthew's genealogy culminates in Jesus Christ, born to a marginalized girl in a scandalous situation, who embodies a divine visitation whose incarnation then sanctifies all human bodies as the place of communion for God, communion with God. Our reading from Galatians then teaches us that the result of this incarnation is that God begins to heal all that transgenerational trauma. We're brought into God's family as children and heirs of salvation. In the incarnation then, friends, God beholds our broken family systems, our traumatized genealogies, the horrors of human history, and dives right into the middle of that mess and says, these are my people. This is my family. These are my ancestors. This is my past. This is my future. God saves us by identifying with us fully intertwining divinity with DNA, becoming a child of humanity, born of a woman so that we can become children of God, born of the Spirit, inheriting every good promise from our good Father. Beloved creation is now God's home. Our bodies, our relationships, our ancestry, our cultures, our past and our future, in this moment right now, God is meeting us in the middle of our mess to work salvation and instill this unshakable hope for final redemption. So how do we respond to this good news today? The interesting thing about Matthew's genealogy here, a final fact about it, it testifies to God acting definitively in the midst of history to save humanity through the incarnation of Jesus Christ, but it also testifies to the fact that God's purposes are not yet complete. The promise to David of a reign that will last forever is not yet realized. The promise to Abraham that all people on earth will be blessed has not yet taken place. And this tiny group of disciples in Antioch would have known this, experiencing oppression, 
and poverty under the thumb of Rome, in a society which favors the elite at the expense of the rest. And we know this too, don't we? We know it's not finished yet, too. We still live under the dark spell of white supremacy. We still unwittingly repeat the sins of our ancestors. We still languish under damaged DNA, inherited traumas, dysfunctional family systems. Where are you in touch with this brokenness today? Perhaps it's a dysfunctional relational pattern that keeps bringing itself up in your life and you don't know how to stop. Perhaps our discussions in the past about racism and mammon have unearthed in you a crippling shame that stems from your participation in these sins of our ancestors. Perhaps you're aware of the ways that you've been damaged or limited by your family of origin, and you feel hopeless about ever finding your way back into some semblance of health or happiness. Perhaps you just can't shake the effects of trauma in your life, and you're worried you're going to pass this on to your kids. As our collect of the day prays, stir up your power, O Lord, and with great might come among us, because we are sorely hindered by our sins. Let your bountiful grace and mercy speedily help and deliver us through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Beloved, the good news in the midst of whatever situation you're in touch with today is that God draws near to those places. Our traumatized genealogies, our shameful histories, our broken family systems, and saves us by fully identifying with us, becoming a child of humanity, born of a woman, so that we can become children of God, born of the Spirit, inheriting every good promise from our good Father. Beloved creation is now God's home. Our bodies, our relationships, our ancestry, our cultures, our past and our future. In this moment right now, God is meeting us this Advent. In the middle of our mess to work salvation and instill an unshakable hope for redemption. So let's pray together. Let's ask to see how God is at work in these places of our lives and pray for an unshakable hope to be instilled in us so that we can believe with confidence that in the end all shall be well and all shall be well and all manner of things shall be well. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.